strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Earth, wind, and fire. I mean, what a day. Thanks for being here, everyone. Um, uh, the music selection on this show is much better than the host. We should make that disclaimer every single day. Um, I found something interesting. And uh, one of the things that I found very, very interesting, it, it has to do with um, uh, Kanye West and the comments that were made uh, about. Now, let's. I, I, first of all, let me say this at the very beginning. I think that any form of anti-Semitism should be denounced. It shows you to be a very low character and certainly of a very low knowledge of things to go after people based on their religion or based on their ethnicity. And so the anti-Semitism is something that I think is a horrible, horrible thing that happens in this world, and it's happened far too often. Um, I think that uh, what he said is absolutely horrible. It should be denounced. I am denouncing it now. I think it's a horrible thing to do and say. So I am in no way, shape, manner, or form am I – um, uh, making excuses or diminishing the severity of what Kanye West said. But I found this to be fascinating. And, and that is that um, Bill Maher, I find myself agreeing with him more and more often on some issues because he calls wrong wrong and it doesn't matter which party it is. So he had Benjamin Netanyahu on his show, the former Israeli prime minister, and he was talking about Kanye West and the things that he had said. But then he shifted and he said, but wait a minute. He said there are members of Congress and we're talking about Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib who have said some horrible things about Jews. And these are people that are lawmakers in the United States. So I want you to hear a little bit of what Bill Maher said, and I want to talk about the hypocrisy of what we get indignant and angry about. I just want to read a few quotes from American congressmen, just to Congress people, rather, just to, to show that uh, Kanye's West is, uh, Kanye West's comment is not really out of order with some things that are said by people in more official positions. Uh, here's one. Israel has hypnotized the world. May Allah awaken the people and help them see the evil doings of Israel. Ten years ago, if you read that to me, I thought that would be from Hezbollah. That's an American congressperson. Another American congressperson says the reality of Israel's apartheid government goes on to say the occupation and ethnic cleansing Palestinians live with every day. Another one says Israel targets media sources so the world can't see Palestinians being massacred. We are Israel's closest ally, and they are our only ally, really, in that region. If you look at where they are geographically and you look at some of the things that have been done to Israel, I've said often if you want to talk about border security and you look at how Israel has had to secure its border and then the Iron Dome that's had to be used, the tunnels that have been dug from the Palestinian territory into Israel, uh, that is not Israelis that are using that to mete out attacks. But I'm not here to defend Israel. This isn't about defending Israel. What this is about in America – is you have a right, in my opinion, you have a right to say the things that Kanye West says. He has a right to say it. Rashida Tlaib, Ilhan Omar have a right to say and believe what they want. But there are repercussions in the court of public opinion. And I find it fascinating that the American public has lost its mind about Kanye West, that they have gone out of their minds with what he said about going after Jewish business owners or Jews in general. 
And yet we've got members of the United States Congress that say worse and they're lawmakers. And that, that isn't a headline story. Is it because it's Kanye West? Is it because it's him? Is that why it's a headline? Are we so um, culturally devoid of depth or should I say culturally shallow that when it's when it's someone famous that says something outrageous, it makes a headline. But when it's somebody that we should be outraged and fearful of, we don't say a word. Nothing is said. How in the world does Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib, how do they keep their jobs in the United States Congress? Well, part of it is they may be echoing the sentiment of a lot of their constituents, possibly. You would have to think. But the anti-Semitic sentiment that both of them are espousing are no different than what Kanye West has said. They make the same kind of generalizations. They make the same kind of accusations, except theirs are more about military action. Apartheid government and oppression, a murderous behavior, and it, it's so slanted and one-sided, and yet they are, they are in a government. They've been elected to a government that has stood for decades as standing with Israel. And I just – so I guess for me what I was surprised by was, first of all, that we're shocked at anything crazy that Kanye West says. Why would we be? He's done it for a very long time. But why are we more outraged by Hollywood than we are by the lawmakers that work for us? And is it is it something that is – is it intentional? Is it that they are trying to manufacture outrage? And I don't know the answer to that either. All I know is that there are people – I was raised Catholic – and haven't attended a Catholic church in 30 years. Uh, I shouldn't say haven't. I have been to a service, but I have not been a practicing Catholic for 30 years. Um, I then went to a Baptist church and worked, uh, volunteered there as a teacher. I taught adult Bible study for years. And it was one of the greatest experiences of my life, being able to study differently about your faith. Studying to teach is different than personal study for uh, personal enrichment. And it was such a great experience, and I loved every minute of it. Um, there are good Catholics and there are bad Catholics. There are good Baptists or or Protestants and there are bad Protestants. There are good Mormons, there are bad Mormons. You pick up good Jews and bad Jews and Muslims and in this country what we are supposed to stand for is we look at people for who they are, not what they are. Skin color is not supposed to make a difference. All these things, you're supposed to judge someone. Um, as a matter of fact, there was a story that's out, and we may talk about it later when we talk about schools, that Muslim parents and Christian parents in some school districts have stood up in the Minneapolis area, have stood up and said no more to some of the explicit books there. So now you see people coming together of different faiths. And I, th- you would think if you watch what some people say, <clears throat> say about the Muslim faith, that they are so um, – their doctrine is so severe that they wouldn't associate, nor would they stand side by side with someone of a different religion. We all know that that's nonsense. In in reality, in the practice in America, we accept each other. One-on-one, person-to-person, there is a great working relationship and respect between people. This uh, tribal behavior that happens on social media and otherwise is where the problem is. So when Kanye West goes off and starts talking about how he's going to fight the Jews around the world, the internet explodes. Social media explodes. The news networks explode. And what I like about this Mar piece is he says, hang on a minute. How is this outside the norms of what's being said in the halls of Congress? 
Why aren't we outraged at what members of Congress are saying? And to me, it is just it, it just show it typifies the extremism that we can get to and what we what we say is good and bad based on who it is that says it. Coming up in a moment, we've got to get back to the topic of our economy. Great conversation with our friend Kristen Bentz. And a new poll shows that most Americans blame the president for the state of the economy. And worse yet, they believe the economy is getting worse, not better. We'll talk about that coming up in just a moment. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks so much for being here. A CBS poll says the majority of Americans still blame the president of the United States for the economy, and they believe that the economy is getting worse. The CBS YouGov battleground tracker polled 2,068 registered voters between October 12th and October 14th. So that was very, very recently, asking a number of questions about the upcoming elections and the overall state of the economy. So let's take a look at some of the numbers. The worst news for the Democrats came from the questions about the economy as 65% of those polled said they felt the United States economy is getting worse compared to only 15% who believed it was getting better. Another 20% said the economy is staying the same. Another dramatic swing in gas prices is not helping either. 63% say gas prices in their area were going up compared to only 13 saying the gas prices were going down. To make it worse, the majority of those polls said the Democrat on Democrat-led policies were part of the problem. Nearly half of the respondents, 48%, said the Democratic policies had harmed the economy, and just under one-third, 29%, say that it has helped. That is not good news. And uh, the big story here in Phoenix is about working 65 hours a week and struggling to make ends meet. Um, I believe that the American people are industrious. I believe we are hardworking. I still think that we take pride in working hard, that a lot of us still identify uh, ourselves. We get our identity from what we do for a living. You know, what are you? I'm an, elect- I'm an electrician. I'm a plumber. I'm a- we identify. We get that identity for what we do for a living. And we take pride in hard work. I think everyone respects hard work in this country. When we see someone that works really, really hard, um, it is we respect it. We look at someone that didn't have it easy, but still made it to make made out to be successful. Um, whether or not the movie was historically accurate, the movie The Blind Side about the offensive lineman Michael Orr became such a success. That movie was such a hit because it showed a young man who came from homelessness and a very difficult home life to becoming a superstar in the NFL. Now, whether that's historically accurate, I, you know, I that I don't know the answer. Answer that there's been arguments that it was really embellished and that Michael Orr wasn't necessarily happy with the final product. But it does not diminish the story of Michael Orr, a young man who came from very meager beginnings, who statistically should have been uh, unsuccessful in life, beat all of the odds because of his hard work. Yes, he had a skill set, but on top of his skill set, he had he became something because he worked very hard at it. And we always admire that in this country. So I will always I believe in American exceptionalism. I believe we're the greatest country in the world. I believe all that to be true. But I also believe that the policies of this administration have exacerbated the problems. Now, the Biden administration will tell you that it was the cause of all of our problems. 
And I would argue that's not the case. And until the Biden administration and Biden voters, until they all start to acknowledge that the policies of this administration have contributed to what's happening in America, you are going to lose with the American voters. I I was just having this conversation with other people. Uh, Believe it or not, I hang out with people that don't agree with me, and it's always a good conversation. Bill Clinton and saying, I feel your pain. Barack Obama and his ability to connect with voters and say, I understand you're going through a very difficult time right now. Here's what we're going to do. An acknowledgement of people's suffering. When you've got the president of the United States eating an ice cream cone saying our economy is strong as hell. And that was his words, not mine. That's what he said. When that happens, I want you to, as a matter of fact, here, here it is. He's in Oregon just the other day on Saturday eating an ice cream cone. He was asked about the economy. Our economy is strong as hell in the internal Inflation is worldwide. worse off everywhere else in the United States. So you deflect, deflect, deflect. It does not help. You've got stories of people that I'm sure many of them, Biden voters, are saying, I'm working 60, 65 hours a week to just keep my head above water. And at some point they get fatigued because they're being told by their party everything is fine and stop saying it's not. You're not a good party member if you don't jump on board with us and say, hey, it's going to be worse if the Republicans get control. And people throw their hands up and say, how much worse can it get? I can't afford to feed my family. We had a great conversation with Kristen Bentz and Kristen Bentz from KB Advisory Group. Uh, We talked with her about inflation and food shortages. What are some of the things that she is seeing? And the question I was asking her is, what are you seeing that's most concerning to you with the future of our economy? Well, you know, on top of this inflationary environment that we have across the board, you're seeing a lot more food inflation. You saw these CPI numbers last weekend that were not good. And everyday things, so people really don't pay attention to CPI until they're in the checkout line at the grocery store, until they're filling up their car, until they're trying to get on a flight. So we're seeing immense shortages is happening. Um, you know, I talked about the orange shortage that's coming up as a result of Hurricane Ian. And then, of course, just in time for holiday baking season, we're going to have a butter shortage. So this is we're talking about shortages and things that have happened that exacerbate a problem. But we've seen nothing to reverse any of this. And you look at the immense spending that continues. They talk about deficit reduction and they talk about deficit reduction at the same time. They talk about tax increases and more spending, uh, student loan forgiveness and all of these other things. There is so much money on the street and not enough goods. That's why things have gone up the way they have and what they're going to have to do. And you, and, and this is how they counter their, they are contradicting each other. The federal government is telling you that uh, everything's fine and we're probably not going to. We may not even see a recession. It's possible. But we and now that before it was we're not in a recession, we're not going to see a recession. Now it's we're not in a recession, but we could be someday. But it won't be that big of a deal. At the same time, the Fed keeps telling everyone we've made dramatic increases in interest rates and it's going to happen again this year. And next year. And then we're hoping we don't have to do it by the end of 23. It's absolutely contradictory. And the American people aren't stupid and they're not falling for it. 
In a moment, we'll go back to a topic about guns and what's happening on what what areas are they trying to influence the firearms industry? Are they trying to circumvent the Second Amendment in a couple of different ways? We'll talk about that next. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks for being here. I talk about gun laws often because I, like everyone else, want to see um, mass shootings, murders, um, any violence stopped. Uh, I'm with you. I, I just think we are looking in the wrong place. And I'm saying that because I don't think people that don't own guns, I don't believe that you know enough people that do own guns, nor do you know enough about gun ownership to make a rational decision on who we are um, in the minds of a lot of – and not – even most, but in a lot of people that are anti-gun is they believe guns are the problem because a gun has one purpose. Therefore, it's an evil purpose. If we just got rid of the guns, we could get rid of evil. We all know that that's not true. Intellectually, we understand that that's not the problem. As a matter of fact, there has been a huge underreporting by the FBI of good guys with guns thwarting crimes, especially mass shootings, that having good people that fight fire with fire – is the only solution that there is. It's the reason why we arm police officers because they face a criminal element. There's a story. As a matter of fact, let's start there. I wasn't going to start there, but we might as well start there. Uh, slain officers, um, this is from a New York Times story um, from Bristol, Connecticut, where the cops were killed. Um, uh, slain officers face daunting firepower despite Connecticut's strict gun laws. That's my my issue here. Everybody made fun of the war on drugs. Remember that was declared we were going to go to we have a war on drugs. Uh, Bush 41 uh, declared a war on drugs. Or was it Reagan that declared it was carried on by Bush 41? Um, we look at how big the drug cartels became. We remember the phrase just say no. And everybody laughed at the idea of just saying no to drugs. And you and people would say, you know, that's crazy. You, you can't just make you make it illegal. It doesn't stop people from doing it. Um, there was a time in the 90s when there was a ban on assault weapons that happened. And every time, because what was big then was still the big drug bust, the cocaine cartels, the Cali cartel, the Medellin cartels. And those cartels were so well armed. They built their own armies. And every time you would see the DEA or federal agencies of any kind affecting these big drug busts, what did you find? Mountains of cash, drugs, and AR-15s. So you take them away from the reasonable people, and the criminals still had them. So here you've got uh, – I'm just going to read very quickly from the beginning of this New York Times story. The bullets came in bursts when three Bristol, Connecticut police officers arrived at the home of Redstone Hill Road at, on after a 911 call on Wednesday night. One, um, uh, one of the uh, 25 shots in a minute. And then another score of shots, a second pause, and then a single final round. The ambush, whose sounds were recorded for, on surveillance video, left two of the officers dead and a third wounded. Connecticut has very restrictive gun laws, and yet this happened. Um, what top officials at gun control group left to become an agent in Mexico? Because now we, we are hearing uh, these stories of how the Mexican government is suing American companies about their gun problem in Mexico. Um, 
saying he wants to, this is a story saying that he wants to make the US Mexico border as safe as possible for his state Texas governor Abbott last month signed an order designating Mexican drug cartels as terrorist organizations but the same border that Abbott insists he wants to make safer is actually being destabilized by a Texas law lax gun laws which the governor defends this is absolutely incredible the idea the idea that these cartels are going to be restricted by stricter gun laws is absolutely absurd. The straw purchasers and the things that have happened now are the problem of the cartels. So you're going to go after American gun dealers. That, the, the problem here is so absurd. And I would, I'm saying this because I want the problem to stop. I don't believe that I need to defend the Second Amendment because the Second Amendment defends me. It's protected. It is what it is, and you're going to have to deal with life the way it is. Reasonable people. I can guarantee you this. If you are with me and I'm armed, you're safer, not less safe. I talked about a story earlier that New Jersey is trying to pass a bill that will require people with a concealed carry permit to carry insurance on their firearms. And it's uh, to me, again, it's it's absurd because it's going to hurt people of lower economic on the lower economic ladder, lower on the ladder. Someone that's wealthy or a middle class family, if you get an insurance payment, you can afford that extra insurance payment for a poor family. You're not going to be able to. So then what happens? They still going to be armed. They still have their concealed carry permit. They don't carry insurance. Then what happens? They get caught without insurance. And what happens to them? Well, they take their permit away. And there are stories about banks not doing business in the firearms industry anymore, just making it more and more expensive and less and less accessible. I just wish, and I mean this sincerely, I wish people out there that are anti-gun, that don't know anything about guns, I wish you would have a reasonable conversation with someone that owns them, with somebody that believes that an armed society is a polite society. I would love that conversation with someone. I don't expect I'm going to change your mind, but maybe I can gain your respect. Maybe you'll understand that I'm not looking for trouble. I'm looking to avoid trouble. I've used the analogy of the fire extinguisher. You have a fire extinguisher at your home, but you're not hoping that the kitchen catches on fire. I am going to call the fire department, but I'm going to do my best until the professionals get there. Just like I would if someone were breaking into my home. I'm going to call 911, but I'm going to defend myself until the professionals get there. And it's the exact same thing. You are prepared. I'm not a cop. I'm not professional. Just like I'm not a firefighter. But you have a fire extinguisher in your house. What's the first thing that a family does when they have a kitchen fire? You know, when the, when the stove catches on fire and all of a sudden your kitchen is burning, it's the first thing they do once that fire is put out and the kitchen's put back together. They go out and they buy a fire extinguisher. You have a fire in your car or something like that. I had a buddy who had an old car um, and we were young. We used to call his truck the Beast. And he was pulled off the freeway and the Beast caught on fire. And some good Samaritan had a fire extinguisher in their car and put the fire out. What do you think he did after he got his truck fixed? Got a fire extinguisher for his vehicle. And that's what people do. When people get robbed, what do they do? They protect themselves. They buy a gun. They, they make sure that they are better prepared the next time. 
And so this idea that illegal – you out there listening to me that's never bought a gun before, but you're considering it. You're a, you're a law-abiding citizen that just thinks, you know what? There's not enough cops on the street. Response times are up. We know violence is up. We're, I'm concerned about what's going to happen. Maybe it's time we bought a gun for the house. You're going to be responsible. You're going to keep it in a safe. You're going to lock it up. But we need something just in case we have to protect ourselves. The world is not more dangerous when you buy a gun. But these laws affect you because the very same person as we speak – now, New Jersey has a requirement that you have a concealed carry per- permit to carry a concealed weapon. Um, the criminals out there that are carrying them as we speak don't have a permit. They're already in violation of the law. This next law is not going to affect them at all. They're carrying concealed weapons against the law now. They're breaking the existing gun laws as we speak. What is one more law going to do? The answer is it's going to inconvenience the law-abiding gun owners. Now, that's why I'm upset because I want to see violence diminish. This is not going to diminish violence. It's not going to help in any aspect. This is the anti-gun crowd trying to find one more avenue to circumvent the Second Amendment or at least chip away at it as best they can. And that's exactly what's going to happen. Coming up in a minute, school funding on the ballot across Maricopa County. We'll talk about overrides and bond issues and ways that schools get funding. Will voters vote for them? We'll talk about that coming up in just a moment. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show. KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks so much for being here. School funding is on the ballot across Maricopa County. This is from an AZ Central story. The elections to, uh, uh, the, this election, two dozen Maricopa County public school districts are asking for approval for bond and override measures to increase their budgets. L- largely in Arizona, and this is what's funny about the legislative argument. In the legislative process, there is a big argument about school funding. And it's a valuable one. We should always talk about this. But Republicans are usually criticized because they're not just throwing money at the schools. But what I think should be a better rebuttal from Republicans and legislature is if you look at bond and override issues when it goes to the voters, voters vote no many times. And these are the people that live in the area whose kids go to those schools and they're voting no. So there's the question. If it is about money, why is it that the families that live in these areas are saying no? Well, the reason is they're not getting a big return on their investment in investment in their minds. They don't believe that the school system is doing enough good with the money they have to warrant more money in the schools. And we can argue that till the cows come home, whether or not they're doing a good job. But that's the sentiment of people. They don't believe the school districts are doing the appropriate thing with the money they have. They're not getting results with the money they have, and people are not going to throw good money after bad. And so this happens very, very often where school – where the people that live – and this is an under-talked-about topic. We look at the legislature. We look at the governor, and everybody points fingers and say, you are not funding public education. We need more money in public education. Throw more money at public education, and you don't care about teachers, and you don't care about kids and their education if you don't throw more money at it. And then we have these bond and override issues that are out there where the families that live in those districts that benefit the kids that live around them and their own children, and they say no. What do you blame them for? What, what are they to blame for? That's where part of this issue for me is. None of us believe that the public schools are performing to their highest level. 
And a lot of people don't believe it's just a funding issue, nor do I. I do not believe it's just a funding issue. And there needs to be changes made. Massachusetts strike, teacher strike, uh, cancels classes in two cities as a headline. Christians and Muslims unite in Michigan to fight. uh, I said Minneapolis, but it's Michigan to fight sexually explicit material in school libraries. This is in the Dearborn, Michigan area. Christian and Muslim parents are going to school board meetings and saying enough is enough. This morning while we were doing show prep, there was a mother that um, uh, went to a school board meeting and said, hey, listen, we, if you get parents, if you got kids here, uh, please leave the room. Take the kids out. And she began to read excerpts from a book that was found in a seventh grade classroom, seventh grade classroom, and was also on the recommended reading list. And what's fascinating about that was we began to listen to her reading the excerpts from this book. She said, it's, this is the name of the book, and the book is called This Book is Gay. And then um, it was like chapter 9, page 201, this is where I'm reading from, and it was about two boys and sexual content, sexual contact. And she began reading from this chapter of the book, and we looked at each other and I said, oh, we can't play any of that on the air. Now, this is 99.9% of adults that listen to this show, unless you've got a kid with you, and then they're kind of forced to listen to the show. And I appreciate you making your kids listen. But we could not play one minute. We couldn't play 10 seconds of the excerpts from that book. It was so sexually explicit. Seventh grade classroom. There was a video last week of a mother in San Diego because they had – a, a family-friendly drag show, and she lost her mind. Alabama middle school teacher doubles as a drag queen in free time, tells children everybody loves a big bone. Cracked a sexually suggestive, in drag, sexually suggestive, and it wouldn't matter if she's, he's in drag or not, uh, joke. So when you have some schools that perform and other schools that don't, and maybe what I'll do is I'll find that video from the North Carolina mother that read the excerpts and give a give a warning that it's very strong language that's in there and let people watch the video for yourselves. And you tell me, is it appropriate in a seventh grade classroom? This is why people are not voting for these overrides and these bond issues. And most of the people, I would say 99% of the people that I am friends with do not have a prudish bone in their body, including me. There is nothing prudish about the jokes I tell, the memes I trade, the things I say in my private life with other adults, but I know what's appropriate around children. And this is not conducive to a good learning environment. And until this is settled, you are not going to see parents throwing more and more money at the issue. So the schools are going to have to give up their control. In Arizona, with the ESA program going the way it is, if you're worried that your district is going to lose money, then you're going to have to change your ways. And there are going to be teachers that leave because they don't like this new way. And there are going to be teachers that come into the profession because it's changed. There will be teachers that are relieved that they are now going to be be able to teach the way they want to teach as opposed to being told all of these other things that have nothing to do with the subject matter they teach. That's all true. Coming up after 11, we are going to talk about the border. Did Doug Ducey do the wrong thing? Next.